A reading from the book of Genesis. These are the descendants of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean of Padan Aram, sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord granted his prayer, and his wife, Rebekah, conceived. The children struggled within her, and she said, If it is to be this way, why do I live? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples born of you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger, and the other, the elder, shall serve the younger. When her time to give birth was at hand, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy mantle. So they named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out with his hand gripping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when she bore him, bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man living in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he was fond of game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once, when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, Let me eat some of that red stuff, for I am famished. Therefore, he was called Edom. Jacob said, First, sell me your birthright. Esau said, I'm about to die of what use is a birthright to me. Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the people. Paul tells believers that we will find true freedom in our lives when we are committed to following the Holy Spirit's guidance rather than giving in to our selfish desires. A reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and a deal with sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is, is in you, through the bo- though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. 
that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to the mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. Hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus went out and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered round him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and birds came and ate them up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a little while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. Usually when we have a baptism, it's an infant, and I heard a little infant crying over here. Um, (laughs) But that's not who we're baptizing today. Um, We're baptizing an adult. Um, I was 22 when I was baptized, so I'm one of those people who can remember my baptism. Um, Usually we make Christians little. Um, Now we're making one big. You may have seen her the last few weeks, been coming, and um, just sat right here and fit right in. I remember uh, myself, um, when I had moved off away from home after college, I was living in Burlington, Vermont, um, heard the church bells, Um, they were ringing English changes, and I thought, I'll try that church. Turned out to be the Episcopal Church, walked in and never left. Um, Had not been baptized as a kid, so um, talked to the priest there. And um, September 4th, 1980, Um, see, I can remember that, um, like it was yesterday. So what happens when we baptize someone? Is there a dramatic change? I wondered, approaching my own baptism, will I walk out of the building any differently than I walked in? Well, no, not really. There wasn't some sort of glowing blue cross on my forehead or anything like that. But yes, I had begun, didn't know it at the time, I had begun a journey, still on it, a journey of what I would call divinization, of becoming more and more divine. Paul, from whom we heard this morning, 
um, is not so much a theologian as an anthropologist. He's not raising the question, what is the nature of God? He's raising the question, what is it to be human? What is human being? And he sees that under two points of view, flesh and spirit. Um, We tend to think of it when we read Paul, flesh is things like our appetites, our urges, um, that sinful flesh, you know, all of that kind of stuff. That's not what he means by flesh. He has a big project in front of him. He's got a mixed congregation of Jews and Greeks, and he's got to figure out a way for them to get along. And so flesh, for Paul, is that arena in which we make distinctions between Jew and Greek, male and female, slave and free. Um, Circumcision was the easy one to talk about, but all of those others... That is the arena in which we make distinctions. We could add to it today as we celebrate the independence of South Sudan, Dinka and Moru. How do we get these people to get along? That was Paul's big project. And the law of flesh brings conflict. It brings alienation, um, division, and therefore eventually death. God had given the law so that all people could live according to it. That was its purpose, according to Paul. But it failed because it was weakened by the flesh. That is, everybody wanted to make distinctions. I follow the law, you don't. And so it just didn't work. So God did what the law couldn't. God came in the person of Jesus and put the law of sin to death, did away with distinctions. So, 30 years ago, September 4th, did those distinctions cease to matter to me? Well, not really. It still matters what kind of car I drive. The fact that we own three of them sets us apart from a good part of the world. It still matters what kind of clothes I wear. The fact that I have eight pairs of shoes in my closet sets me apart from a huge part of the world. My skin color matters. Sometimes I wish it didn't, but it does. Um, I still get preferential treatment because of that. But in baptism, we are born into the body of Christ, which makes us the same across the world. The law of spirit makes no distinctions. We are supposed to become divinized, more and more like God being having the image of God restored. There's a wonderful, sad bit of irony in the Old Testament lesson. Jacob and Esau are born as twins, and we're told that Esau is also called Edom, and Edom was Israel's implacable enemy throughout its entire history. And here the narrator is telling us that they were, in fact, twin brothers. They've made distinctions where God had not intended distinctions to be made. Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, talks about loving enemies. Um, He says, if you love only those people who love you, how different are you from the Gentiles? Even they do that. If you lend money, expecting return, what have you done differently than anyone else? Doesn't everyone do that? No, but you should love your enemies. You should lend without expectation of return so that you can become like God. 
Because God makes God's rain to fall on the just and the unjust. God makes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so you should become holy just as God is holy. And so here's the parable of the sower. If you know anything about farming, you know that this guy was not a farmer. Um, Farmers don't just go out and throw their seed any old where, on the path or in the rocks or among the thorn. If this were a farmer, we'd have been told that he had gone out and prepared the soil, that he had plowed in some fertilizer, that he had taken out the weeds. Then we'd be told that he very carefully put the, the good seed where the soil was and that he came back later and cultivated that soil to keep the weeds out. No, this guy is no farmer. But he's an image of God. God makes his rain to fall on the just and the unjust, the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, and scatters his blessings wherever they might happen to go. Be holy like God is holy. I have a friend back in Massachusetts. She was a little bit nuts. Um, We'd go to Boston, and she would always give money to the drunks. People would tell her, you know, to anybody who begged, people would tell her, you know they're just going to go out and buy liquor with that. And she, she would always reply, that's not my concern. What God is interested in is my relationship to my money. Ooh, take that and think about it for a while. And she would, she would engage them in conversation. One time we were headed into the diocesan convention in the cathedral early on a Saturday morning, and there was a drunk sitting on the, on the doorstep. She didn't have any cash with her. She sat down and started chatting with him and wanted to know what he wanted. He wanted somebody to pray with her. So she went into the cathedral and stole a prayer book and brought it back out and gave it to him and ended up chatting with him a while and then walked down the street with him to Burger King, used her credit card, and bought him breakfast. Who knows? what became of that guy. Maybe years down the line, he remembered the kindness of that crazy woman and got sober. Who knows? She didn't care. That wasn't her problem. Her problem was this guy right here. So scatter your seed. That's what it's telling us. So as we come to this baptism, we are reminded, all of us, of our own baptism in which the image of God is restored in us. And then we have a lifetime to practice getting to the likeness of God. What do we do with our blessings? What do we do with the goodness that we have to give away? What do we do with our favors? Scatter them like this sower who cares not where they land. Some of it may be wasted, but some of it may return a hundredfold. That's the kind of life God calls us to live. Not making distinctions, not worrying about what kind of car we drive, Not worrying about, if I give this money, what will they do with it? But just giving our blessings away, because God is holy, and we should be holy also. Amen.